oh my! Look at that fish! Welcome to the Smalley Talk Podcast. This is your host, Chris Vaughn, here with my brother, Jeremiah. Hello. Hi. Uh, this is going to be a Flyboys episode, dude. Yeah. Going to get... Going to get... An actual fishing episode? An actual fishing episode. We're going to get... Nice, we're going to get technical. We're going to get weird. Uh... You know, we're probably going to talk a lot of trash about our conventional brethren. Just kidding. We don't do that. Actually, this is the Smalley Talk episode on race relations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I did, oh, no. Oh. I didn't tell you that, did I? Uh, BLM. That's, that's, that's why we're doing the podcast tonight. We're going to talk race. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> I, don't yeah. think, I don't think you're ready for this. Oh, I mean, it's a hot topic right now, but... Gonna... I I think that the world wants to know what a white suburban yeah. fly fisherman has to say yeah. on the topic. Yeah. So, coming at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the best race? <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm my just gosh. Kidding. Oh, man. Yeah, the world's crazy. Um but you know we've we've been out, and since the last time you were on, we've done a ton of fishing. But yeah. uh, I know Josh did an episode with his daughter. Uh, there's some rumblings about her replacing me on the show. <laughs> those those rumors are complete bull. Uh, we couldn't come to an agreement, and her her agent was just being too. Tricky. It is the month of June. <laughs> oh, indeed. Well done. Thank you. The month of June. She's it's her season. Um, but yeah, man, just uh, a lot of fishing's happened. Like right now, we're kind of, I think, firmly into summer. Yeah. So, you know, everything is super low, super clear. Um, you know, but we had a bit of a weird outing. Jeremiah and I went out uh, on Sunday with our our. Our daddy, our, our daddy, yeah, <laughs> with daddy, yeah. Um, and did an eleven-mile section on the white in Anderson, and really good-looking stretch, yeah, um, not bad. Did Long not, day. Did not fish like a summer day. No, it was like weirdly like a early morning bite was really strong, a really great bite on game changers. And then I would say about by 8.30, we were kind of noticing a clarity change, and it just basically shut off. So it shut off probably. Uh-oh, got a little bee buzzing. Oh, man. <laughs> if, you get, if you get stung by a bee, he's, he's, he's allergic to, to bees. <laughs> very allergic. <laughs> Dude, you're very weak when it comes to bees. Ugh. Isn't it weird that something so small can just dominate you? Destroy. It will destroy me. It will tear me up from the inside out. <laughs> it's literally his his head will go to twice the size of a normal man's head. Yeah, it's no no bueno. No bueno. Um, you don't get anaphylaxis though, do you? Right. 
No, not not last bee sting. I just swelled, <laughs> rashed up pretty aggressively. Don't you get it from mosquitoes too? Uh, I have sensitive skin. <laughs> Dude, you're very sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at this skin. I know you guys can't see it, but the skin—it's top tier skin. It's very, t- it's very, very high level. It's great. Yeah, it's very high level skin. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Anyways, what were we talking about? Oh, fishing. So it like, uh, you know, like by eight thirty, the clarity like went way down, and the sun was up, and basically the fishing just sort of turned off until probably like, I don't know, one thirty-two. We ended up with forty-seven on the day, but a lot of dinks in there. A lot. Dad was trying to sneak clicks in on rock bass. Yeah. We had to stop Daddy from doing that. Uh, daddy was the victor in the rock, rock skipping contest yeah. at lunch. Yeah. He got a good skip in. He did. We, we probably threw rocks for 30 minutes. I'd say that's how bad the fishing was. It's a highlight. <laughs> was a, that, that was kind of the highlight of the whole trip was yeah. the rock skipping contest. I got hit in the back of the neck with the rock bass. Yeah. Yeah. I rock. I rock bass <laughs> Jeremiah in the back of the neck. Um, and I, I was trying to hit him thin first. Our <laughs> spines first. Yeah. What if it would have just stuck? Hair. It just stuck in you. It just yeah. hung there. Yeah, that would have been. Dude, been awesome. he like the dramatics ensued. Like as soon as I threw that rock bass after the front of the boat, Dude, I my hair, him. my hair was all gooey. I just went. I one time I was like, ugh, and he's like, oh, so dramatic. Dude, you. Literally, you, you felt nailed you, me. You got dizzy. Up. You leaned against the casting brace and were getting woozy. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and you you kept touching the back of your neck as if it had, you know, really hurt you. I I had been rock bassed. <laughs> you got rock bassed. You got a rock bass in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, said Who just... said they don't fight? <laughs> <laughs> He, de- they he may came not out fight. like a fighter, I'll tell you that. <laughs> they may not fight, but they're good weapons. <laughs> oh, so, uh, anyways, the fishing was... This is our first fishing trip back from the the trip up to Minnesota. The soda so, trip, dude. The soda. We, we planted some seeds of unrest up there in Minneapolis Ooh. and headed back south. Like a like a like a cold northern wind. No, it was uh, yeah, it was all right. I mean, it was. I kind of felt like I'm having a little trouble getting stoked back up, though. I was definitely stoked back up uh, pre first fish. Right. And then. Uh, well, you lost the ni- a nice one like right, right off the bat. First fish was the biggest fish probably of the trip. Biggest fish we saw all uh, day, yeah. But yeah, I mean. Whenever you're catching majority of 13 inch and under fish, it's sort of hard to remain stoked. So, I mean, the I, w- I felt like it literally, the trip reminded me in a lot of ways of uh, a trip, our trips on the James. Yeah. Yeah, we got like the, back in Jimmy's zone for sure. Yeah, we didn't call it out at the time that we were back in Jimmy's zone, but we for sure... And then, like, it got so bad that we had to downsize to, like, a little clouser to catch fish. Yeah. And that didn't help either. Jeremiah caught some sort of a minnow. <laughs> <laughs> how, how I felt, the, the sensitivity in that rod is unbelievable. You should have just kept it, like, kept casting it. Because it would have been... <laughs> a little bait fish. It, you, it literally would have just been, like, a lightly weighted streamer. Yeah, it was... Uh, 
Still don't know the species of that little fish. I think it was a barracuda baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's scientific. But how honestly, how many different fly patterns do you think we we threw on the day? I would say our fly patches looked like a graveyard. I mean, <laughs> it, it was rough. It was rough. I was just... Uh, the cup holder was full of flies that we had switched out. Yeah. Our pad was completely full almost. Yeah. It was very frustrating. Um, just no top water throughout the whole day. We never got top water to go. And never materialized for anybody. Never. We, we threw a... The bigger size game changer, then we went to a single hook game changer, and then we went to a downsize to a mini changer. Uh, different colors in the game changers, uh, different poppers, popper sizes. I mean, we we literally threw everything we could. So we threw a wide spectrum trying to att- attract like top tier fish, and it was we had one top tier fish that we fished at for. 40 minutes yeah 40 minutes at least we just kept we there was a high dirt bank and we identified it like a flat and we saw a pretty big fish prowling around hunting and we got him we fed him probably five times and he just wouldn't aggressively eat he just kind of would pick it up and observe it and kind of nose up to it he probably we probably threw 15 flies at him um or her and yeah. it just couldn't get it to go. It was a very strange day. And, very strange. I mean, we caught fish, 47 fish on the day for 11 hours of fishing. But, you know, it was one of those days that uh, we just, you know, we know there are big fish in that area, but we just, I just didn't feel all day like we were right around the corner from a, yeah. from a decent fish. Confidence. After like 8.30 a.m. Yeah. For sure. Which then, of course... You know, the big thing is like confidence. If you don't have confidence, you know, yeah, you have to be doing everything right to get these big mature fish to eat. So when you lose confidence, you're immediately at a disadvantage. Yeah, for it's sure. sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like when you're, when you feel like the opportunity for a big fish is there, like you're doing everything better, everything right. Yeah. You know, you're firing on all cylinders when... You know, when you don't feel that way, your guard's down, you're making the lazy cast, you're not leaving the, you know, you're not leaving the popper out there, you're not leaving the the game changer to hang for that extra half second in a strike zone, you're just sort of moving it through an area, and, um, you know, that that's a lot of times can be the difference between being able to turn a day around and not being able to, Yeah, so. I will say that we did have good conversation, I feel like we did rock rock yeah we took time to enjoy the trip and not focus you know so much on the fishing just spending good quality time together so it was a great trip it just the fishing i mean i think we're still coming off of the the soda high so you know we just got to get our minds right back on the huger state you know what i mean yeah i mean but like I said, I mean, and, and like you said, I mean, the, the highlight of the trip was definitely the rock skipping. Dad reigned supreme. Yeah. Which had to have felt good, right? I mean, Daddy has, what, 65 years of experience? <laughs> 63, under, yeah. 63 years of experience yeah. under his belt, so. It's got to feel good, though, to be a 63-year-old man and still win at something, like, physical. Yeah, I mean, he is skipping, man, something to behold. Yeah, he can skip. 
Ironically, so, probably not really skip because of his hip, but he could skip a rock. He can skip with his arm. <laughs> yeah, he can he can arm skip. Yeah, he's he's all good. And a bum shoulder too, on top of a bum oh, shoulder. Oh, like hold on. Get to hear that we're recording this on my porch. Get to hear a private airplane yes. flying low, probably looking for weed. So uh, so what are we gonna get into? What are we gonna talk about here? Well, I don't know, man. I just kind of thought we'd just talk about fishing, what's going on. Can Did we you hit see... on some Minnesota highlights? On... Sure. Did you see I posted a poll of, of uh, whether it's actually fly fishing to uh, fly fish with a, you know, with a fly, well, use a fly rod to fish with a Ned rig or a rubber worm. Uh, yeah, I did see that. Did you, the overwhelming majority of people say that it is not fly fishing. I said no. Did you? I did. So here's the thing. I said no too, but like, I think about it like a squirmy wormy. Right. Why is that fly fishing? But a rubber worm isn't. So my thoughts are, I won't, I would never judge anybody for fly fishing with a worm. Me either. Plastic. I don't. That's true. Yeah. I mean, I get it. If that's what you're going to be catching the fish on, go for it. I won't judge anybody, but it's just pushing that line of like, why not just grab a conventional rod? See, that's the other thing is it doesn't seem like it would be very efficient. No. Like there's no sensitivity there. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, just pick up the regular rod. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of, I mean, I think basically, I don't know. Don't yeah. be diplomatic. Just say what no, you feel, I, bro. I'm, this is a this would is, I do it personally? This, no, I would not. This podcast probably. is all about real, dude. But people probably look at our Minnesota trip too, and they're like, "Oh, they just fished on beds." That's true. And you know what? I, we were in that. So we went through that <laughs> thicket, and that's the thicket that I get back in. Yeah, I'm not backing out. So, kudos to whoever throws rubber worms. Whoever has whoever ha- whoever has the courage to. Pack your fly rod up in the morning and be like, I'm also going to throw in a couple culprits. <laughs> Did you grab those culprits? <laughs> you got culprit flies? Yeah. A pick- <laughs> if, you, if you've got the courage to put a culprit worm in your fly box, dude, more, more power to you. Yeah, I mean. And I, I did, and I will say this too, which I thought was weird. I looked at the kind of the trend of who voted what way. The conventional fishermen overwhelmingly voted that it was not fly fishing. Right. And a lot of fly fishermen voted that it was. Really? Yeah. See, I mean, I'm not above it. If I was having a slow day and I'm probably above it. I probably wouldn't do it. And I was if I if you were in a slump. Like a complete slump. Yeah, I know some people when they get in slumps grab conventional gear. I would do that. Yeah. yeah I would I mean, do that. So I mean I don't think... Well, I mean, I, I have done that. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, you know, you want that same, I guess, feel as the rich, you know, fighting the fish on a fly rod, long stick, I get it. It's, it's a way better feeling, even if it is a culprit worm on the end of it. I but, guess that's true, yeah. But, you know, to each his own. Uh, oh, that's also true. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'd have I'm, to not be a, desperate. I'm not a purist. I would, I would never, I mean, I tied a fly with a with a, uh, you know, spinnerbait blade on yeah, it I earlier mean, this year. So, you know, but um, I'm, I would never be like, oh, that guy, what a, you know, blah. I would never, like, trash mouth somebody for nah. doing it. I just, 
I just thought it was an interesting question. Let's put it this way. If I was in a slump, very slow day, I and I knew I could catch a fish or it worked, I would probably do it. But I'd have to be pretty desperate. What about if like you had somebody else around who you had never fished with before? Huh? Like if somebody was in the boat that you had never fished with before, would you reach for would you reach no. for a rubber worm? Or would no. you <laughs> it'd, have nah. to, it'd have to be like me or like Yeah, I'd be like, hey dude, let's let's tie let's, this culprit on. Let's culprit it up. Do you we have should... do you have any baby brush hogs? <laughs> you got any brush hogs? <laughs> uh or or like a fluke even. Fluke, yeah. You I, could do a fluke. Yeah, I mean Yeah, it's it's we it's, it's sli- a weird it's, it's a slippery slope too. It is. Um Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What if you just put a spinning rod, a spinning reel on a fly rod and you're just <laughs> casting out like that's a... Not, hey, that's nice. Oh, would you do that? Well, I put... Uh, I don't fish with fly line. I put brain on. Oh, right. <laughs> Bait cast a reel? Yeah, yeah. I can really zip it out. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you. I mean, it's... it's like vertical jigging for Top of the line stuff, dude. Cutting edge. That's so, pretty smart. I don't know. You know, some people, you hear some people talking... Couldn't do it. Maybe. What about with the kids? That'd be a good way to teach your uh, kids actually to yeah, fly fish. Maybe. Um, what about a snag hook with a feather? <laughs> no, I, I think I'd draw the line there. <laughs> okay, <that> was... <laughs> but I think actually, if you like, I bet you could teach your kids how to fly fish pretty easily by using like live bait. Yeah. Yeah, I think. It, I mean, it, it's a different tool for a different you know thing. So. I think that's why I look at the what at the rubber worm thing with kind of disdain. Cause I just it just feels like it's not the right tool for the job. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other better options. I feel like um, it'd be like taking an ice fishing pole on your kayak just because it's a shorter rod. Right. I mean, what if you caught a twenty incher on a culprit worm fly fishing? Would it take away? I would. Shine? No, I would cut the I would cut the culprit worm off, tie on a game changer stick that hook through the corner of its mouth <laughs> and be, and then take a picture as if the streamer was just hanging out of its mouth. That's what, that's not a bad idea. That's what I do. Actually, I mean, that's what you usually do. In all the what time. I've been doing now is when I catch a fish, I just take every fly and I just put a different fly in it. And I'm like, yeah, look at all these different fish. I caught <laughs> look all different flies. <laughs> Because that's that's one thing people don't look at. Like, oh, that's got to be a different fish. Even it's not though it's the got, same fly. <laughs> different fly. It's, Just it's got different this, angles. It's got the same markings on it, but different different fish. That's pretty good, man. I caught 420 inches Tricks last week. Tricks is a trade. I caught 420 inches last week. Really? Mm-hmm. I caught uh, 12, 20 inches in Minnesota myself. That's my Instagram truth. <laughs> so... Um, but uh, I figure, yeah, we can talk. We can talk Minnesota if you want. Uh, yeah, I mean, just some highlights, you know. Uh, I know you got into a little bit of the the flymanship of the trip, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we had some really cool experiences. Cause we we did fly fish um, the whole time. I mean, yeah. we didn't even take conventional gear with us. So, and we were the only guys fly fishing on the trip. Um, so it was a little different. I mean, the first couple of days. You know, before we kind of figured out what was going on, we got on a pretty good game changer bite, just kind of blindly casting, um, you know, or kind of casting at cover, not really blindly, but casting at cover and just kind of searching for fish. Um, and then the most consistent bite obviously came on uh, when they were, once we found out they were on beds. 
So we were actually kind of enticing fish to eat top water once we identified them on beds. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of switched over to get, you know, took like a crayfish or a helgramite pattern for the most part. Yeah, so. it was it was really cool. Uh, whenever we did crack the code, seeing what they, how they reacted to the different flies. Yeah. Was really cool. Um, we definitely had a disadvantage though to the conventional guys oh, because yeah. they could. They could always kind of have that sensitivity to feel, and plus they're using braid a lot of them, so yeah. you know you could feel pretty much everything that was happening. And you know, for us, it was less of a feel game and more of like a, you know, uh, I guess kind of just watching your line or watching the fly if you could, yeah. Vi- or having visibility on the fish or your line was like yeah. I mean, if you didn't have visibility, it was it was very tough. I know you talked about that fish that <clears throat> I had on that just carried my fly away, and I didn't yeah, see dude. it. Oof. I mean, I, my visibility was nothing with those glasses, um, and the sensitivity on the rod I was using was just... I don't know if I wasn't feeling the the um, rod tip well, or if, it, if I was just not paying attention, but... Yeah, it was. We definitely got into some tricky situations. You had to definitely be on top of your game for sure. Yes, yeah, I mean it definitely. But the advantage that we had was that we were in a two-person boat where one person was rowing all the time. So, you know, we were able to. We didn't really have to fight the boat position thing as much. I mean, the wind came through quite a bit. Like there, it was pretty windy. Uh, so that caused problems, but we, I feel like, I feel like that was one advantage that we had was we were able to kind of hold ourselves still in the current and, you know, kind of spot for each other. And, you know, it was, it was definitely more of like a, a team thing. Like we were helping coach each other on like, Hey, he's got it. Set the hook. Or like, you're a little over the, you know, you're a little over the strike zone. You're a little under the strike zone, left, right. You know, that's the bigger fish, you know, that kind of stuff, which was actually a lot of fun right? in its own way. It um, was a lot more interaction than it is on a regular basis, which we still do coach each other quite a bit in the boat here. Yeah. But there it was just like you sometimes were totally reliant on the guy in the boat with you because just the positioning of the fish, um, you know, the, the fish had a good sight on the boat and the casting and, and you, you just sort of had to shift your uh, spy guy around and just sort of have him coach you. And that was an aspect that we really have never got to experience at at such an intense level. So it was really cool, really exciting. And just having that coaching was cool, man. And it wasn't sunny and the water had a lot of tannins. So like there were a lot of times where you had to have like a specific angle like you could only see like behind us and to the left. That's yeah. the only direction you could see in the water. So even with, you know, the best sunglasses in the world, that's just the only way you could see. So, you know, the advantage of being able to kind of move you to that angle, hold you there and let you make the cast that you needed to make was the reason why we were able to keep pace with the conventional guys. Because if we were in kayaks on with fly rods, we would have had a lot of trouble, a lot of trouble. So, you know, just the two person boat, you know, I I felt like combined, like if you put our numbers together, we did better than everybody every day. 
Yeah, with two guys. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, individually, I felt like we pretty much were probably like 66% of what the individual kayak guys were doing every day. Yeah. With with exception of the last day, and I felt like, you know, we were probably with or ahead of where those guys were. But, you know, it was uh, all in all, I mean, the visual aspects of it, you know, the way that they ate flies was exactly how they ate conventional gear a lot of times. So we kind of found out with the crayfish pattern pretty early on, actually, that they would come off of a bed and crush a crayfish fly. Yeah. So that was kind of always like our go-to. We we were using like the near enough, the near enough cray with like the orange little tips on its, on its pinchers and like the orange you know antenna. And I think it was like a size six or a size four, is what we were using a lot. And that would get down in the water column enough where it could, you know, you could fish bottom when like three four foot of water, and it was also the visibility on that or on those orange aspects of the fly was just high enough where you could see, you know, once they nosed up to your fly, you could actually see them inhale it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then the other fly that we used a lot was a, um, just a, a black Helgermite, which was, which is, I never used a, a Helgermite fly before that trip. They work, man. Yeah. It's uh that's the first time that I've used them and I was pretty impressed with, how the fish reacted yeah um but there was a few cool specifics uh memories on that trip that i thought i i could share real quick was uh i there was this tree that shot up right above this point of this island and i i had spotted a a bed and i yelled at chris told him hey get over here get over here i climbed like what 15 feet up in the tree yeah and I was looking down and I could literally see the whole point. And I remember that was the first fish that I really got to coach uh, and give the, the visual cues to you on. And uh, that <laughs> Chris caught the, the one fish right off the bat. I, I told him, he's got it, he's got it. And he sat and got it. And then uh, threw him back, you know, real quick in the water. And I was sitting there and he's like, watch this. I'm going to catch another one right next to that. Boom, caught another one. And it was just, if I could have had that video, I said it like 20 times on the trip, like that video would have been amazing. But just the, that was a, a really cool um, visual for, for me to see from above and just how we work those fish, man. It was, I, I hope we get to experience something like that again, but. I know it's rare for sure. So yeah, that really we stood did, out, man. I thought it was, uh, yeah, there were a few things like that. I mean, and the other thing about fishing in the two person boat is like, you know, you're kind of isolated, which, you know, sometimes would be nice, but like in a kayak, you know, you're by yourself and you're kind of, you know, you see something cool and you're like, oh man, nobody else probably saw that. And you have to explain it, you know, or whatever. Which, you know, there was less of that this trip because everybody ended up kind of bunched up, you know, and everybody got to kind of experience cool things about other people's trips. But for you and I, I mean, every single thing that happened, we both have a story about the same story about how we saw it. So, um, you know, there were some a lot of really cool things that maybe, you know, wouldn't translate for other people. But, you know, they were just cool little moments that we had where you know, we're 
where we caught a big fish or like, you know, the, the 20, we had a 20, the third 20 or the second 20 incher I caught on that, on the last day was a fish that was in this, the fork of this tree. And like you had to, and that was another thing is like the cat, like it was an exercise in casting accuracy too. And like, yeah, it really showed you if it you're separated a the men, or not. <laughs> separated the men from the boys for sure. And on top of that, you had to read the current just right to, you know, dr- it was like a game of Plinko kind of, you had to drift the fly down perfectly in the water column, you know, to get it in that strike zone for long enough where they'd eat it. But you know, this casting, we were making some crazy casts like, we had to make everything from like a 30 footer out to a, you know, to a pinpoint spot all the way down to like bow and arrow cast for 20 inch smallmouth, which was insane. Um, but you know, I, I caught one that we both fished at for about an hour. I mean, we had been on this fish for at least, at least an hour and a half. Well, I fished for it for an hour. You probably fished for it for 15 minutes, but I mean, it was in the fork of this. There was a little sapling hanging over, uh, the spot and there was a fork in the sapling like hanging like it was like a foot off the water and this fish was at the very end like in the in the limb part of the sapling where it had built this bed and there was only one way to make the cast and you had to basically bow and arrow cast it into the fork of a tree and just let it hang there and then once it ate just prayed to god that it ran out of the bed the same way you put your fly into it so yeah there was one way in and one way out <laughs> yeah uh, so you had to like be prepared to fight the fish right when you catch it which and... he ended up breaking my breaking my axiom to rod yeah. uh but it was you know we both kind of you know i was standing 10 feet up like a, a solid steep embankment bow and arrow casting into this fork and I made the cast and I said, he's going to eat it. He's going to eat it. And he ate it. And just both of us, I mean, I jumped down a 10 foot embankment and slid down into like chest high water and fighting a fish, you know, all the way, you know, under a limb and you know, all that kind of stuff. Just so we have stuff like that, that really, you know, nobody else would really appreciate. So, and that it was so cool. Like, knowing the quality of fish and knowing that it was worth the time putting into that fish. Like as soon as we spotted that, that fish, we knew that we wouldn't leave that spot till we caught that fish. Like right. it was, uh, it was something special for sure. I mean, the whole trip, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm sure that the listeners are probably tired of seeing pictures and hearing about the trip, but you know, you cannot talk about it. I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it was, man, it was great. Yeah, good time. Especially for fly guys. I mean, to be able to spot fish, big fish like that, to have a chance at a 20-inch plus fish on a fly rod is, I mean, it's just. Lots of shots at 20-plus inch it's, fish. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, speaking of 20-plus inch fish, did you see uh, uh, Chad Miller up, in, up on Sugar Creek? They caught a 21-incher today. Did they? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's nice low, job. Low and clear up there, so uh, you know, yeah, it's that man. time of year they're starting to, you know, they'll be. I guess the next phase, and I don't know, have we already talked about low clear? I think we have, but you know, if you haven't heard that episode, I'll just give you kind of a, you know, here, uh, probably one of our better smallmouth rivers is Sugar Creek, and then to a certain extent, the other, the other 
smaller creeks here in Indiana as well. Uh, the the smallmouth feed heavily on terrestrials, so like dragonflies and um, you know cicadas and stuff and grasshoppers and you know stuff like that, like stuff that's not native to the water. So you know, but the way that they eat is they sip like trout, so they barely move the surface of the water as they inhale kind of a smaller pattern of fly. So you know this this time of year we start targeting smallmouth by putting on like twelve to fifteen foot leaders. You know, a lot of people downsize their leaders to like two X. I don't, I don't really do that, but you know, uh, maybe like a one X is like as light as we'll go. But. Yeah. I don't really like to downsize my leader too much, but a lot of people do. And they say, you can't really catch them if you don't, but I've, I've never really had a problem, but you know, you go to like that 12 to 15 to foot, 12 to 15 foot uh, leader and you basically cast it out there and dead drift a fly for 30, 45 seconds over, you know, cover trees, you know, submerged boulders and things like that. And you'll see big smallmouth just nose up from the bottom and just basically take in your fly without even disturbing the surface. And it just, you know, you give them that one, two count, set the hook and, you know, and then you're on for a big fish for a lot of years though. I mean, we didn't really know that that's how the big fish ate. Yeah. So we yeah, were just, <laughs> Was yeah, small. that was a little one. That was a little one. So, <laughs> you know, we just ignore it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the time of year we're entering now. So, Which is cool. Like, that's... It's one of my favorite times yeah, of year. The terrestrial uh, bite is... It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's different. It is. It's more technical. Um, you have to um, really grasp patience yeah. and learn how to let that fly sit, which I'm you know, I struggle with, um, for sure. So it's definitely a trying time, but it, the reward is, is pretty big. So, yeah, but that's kind of the time of year we're, we're entering right we think, now. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> Who knows? Man. But last week was, yeah. I mean, last, I think our trip over the weekend was just, uh, you know, it just didn't work out quite right. So I know, you know, other people are, other people are doing well. I mean, I think that was just a stretch of water we were on. And I honestly think what happened is we got like 10 minutes of hard rain, which caused some real weird coloration on the water. And what did we start out with? Three foot? Three foot, three and a half foot. And then by mid-morning, it was down to like a foot. Yeah. And then by the end of the day again, it was at three foot again. So <clears throat> it was very strange. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, that was the challenge for sure. Never got a pattern. And I think they were post-spawn too, because you know the, the fish that we were catching were pretty, pretty spawned out looking, and yeah. Um, but you know that's just that waterway. I mean, it's so different from river to river. The thing that you're experiencing in one waterway might be completely different from another. Like, yeah. you know, I know for for instance on the east part of the state, um, you know, they've gotten different rain, and the you know at, in the spring the water temperature was you know, five to seven degrees warmer at the same time of the year. So, you know, over in the eastern part of the state, they're like, they've been in a summer, summer pattern for the like the last two, three weeks. Right. And then on the, you know, the northern part of the state and in the north central part of the state, they're just right now in post spawn, you know, and then the western part of the state, I think that they're just now starting to get into summer. So, you know, they're at different phases. Um, but, you know, that's some, that's part of the, you know, the thing 
you know, developing a network of people that you watch, you know, and kind of figure out, well, over here it's going well, over here it's not. And sometimes we have to be the guinea pig for people and, and, and yeah. show them where it's not really working out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, we're looking forward to more, more outings. Uh, you know, it's, uh, just, just getting into summer here and, you know, next month, I don't, I don't even know if I've told you this, but I'm going up to Wisconsin. Yeah. So. You told me that. So lucky dog. Yeah. So, uh, but we're looking forward to, you know, more outings here. Yeah. And, we need to get uh, in a huge state of mind, man. Uh, need yeah. to stop doing the comparison game. I know I was. It's, and it's death. Yeah. This is home water. We have to respect it. And you know, the, the fish that we were catching, it was, it was nice to catch fish fishing like lot, yeah <laughs> like you know what i mean not like, on a bed not targeting fish on a bed uh right that brought the excitement aspect to you know to a different level for me um so it's more enjoyable for me as well yeah for sure and um just you know hopefully getting a pattern nailed down next time we go out and having like a stellar whole day fishing trip i mean yeah, I mean, put I, it all together, you know. You know, one thing too is like, you know, we we talked with Doctor Morehouse last year, um, around you know around this time, you know, this is the time of year too that the crayfish are starting to molt. So, um, you know, there'll be there'll be opportunities to target big fish. Actually, July for me, weirdly enough, like April. May and then July are like my three big fish months. Yeah. So, you know, I, I do better. I do better in that super low ninja clear water than I do, um, you know, in the fall when it's, you know, when they're back on streamers and stuff like that. I just, you know, this is my one of my more successful times of the year. So, um yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I, I'm kind of getting I'm getting the bug to get back out and get after it. So, yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready to maybe get some wade trips in. Yes. Uh, sort of get off the boat for a little bit and just sort of get our legs moving, get in the water, and yeah. you know, start start that terrestrial bite, hopefully, or get just top water in general. Um, just get a good solid top water bite, and we'll be we'll be set, man. Yeah. Well, hey, thanks a lot for coming down to Studio B. Uh, appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Oh, and then one other thing I did want to mention about... Um, we haven't really been doing some of the segments that we did, like in the season one, you know, the podcast, which is... You know, we've got a couple of new segments, I think, that we're working out. Uh, you know, I think we're going to do, like, a debate style. Um, a few episodes like that where we're... You know, we host people that have like really strong opinions about weird topics in the fishing world, and we're gonna have them kind of debate about, you know, what they think. You know, for instance, the the rubber worm, you know, on a fly rod debate. Uh, you know, the best smallmouth river debate. Um, you know, so there's some other things that we've got planned. Um, but you know, one thing I wanted to mention, which I know that you just got, was the Axiom Two X. Yeah six weight which is a freaking rocket dude i mean that rod is legit so um you know if you're thinking about a rod in that price range for sure pick up an axiom 2x 
cast it at your local fly shop because it's light in hand. It's a freaking rocket. Like we were shooting 70, 60, 70 foot. No problem. Yeah, um, man. Like it's got just a stiff enough spine to like, if you've got that, you know, decent flight line, <clears throat> you can, you can absolutely just launch the thing. Yeah. Um, For a six way, it's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, and uh, it's super light in hand. Super sensitive, like the sensitivity on the rod is is great, um, and it's yeah. I mean, just to the feel of it is super light. So yeah, yeah, check it out for sure. Um, and it's good. To, it's an aesthetically pleasing rod too. I it mean, is, man. I like the blue blanks on it a lot. So, yeah. but uh, anyways, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, you know, everybody should uh, you know be getting out and enjoying you know, the outdoors. I mean, there is a lot of like craziness going on in the world. Just turn, turn the news off and, uh, you know, get out there and do some fishing and enjoy it because, uh, you know, it's a, it's definitely for me, it's a centering force, you know, it's a balancing force. So I know it is for you as well. So get out there, do some fishing, uh, turn your mind off for a while, shut off the outside noise and, uh, you know, enjoy it, man. Cause you know, these are the days right here that we'll be thinking about in November, December, January, February, March. You know, we'll be thinking about nice, warm summer mornings, getting up and having the option to go chase native smallmouth eating top water. You know, so get out there, man. Every day, you know, that you're not doing it, you know, you're not you're not catching them. So Everybody, thanks for listening. Free the fighter, as always. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you all later. Ah, deuces! <laughs>